Ladies and gentlemen, in the red corner, hailing from the state of Nevada, representing the steam and wise guys, it's the always feared Vegas Oddsmaker! And in the blue corner, the crowd favorite from South Florida, Mark Winning Picks Lawrence! Welcome back, everybody. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King, and we're set to go against the spread once again on this week's College and Pro Football Cards as we head into the final month of December for the 2016 football season. And, Victor, if you can believe it, we're talking December football, which is either a good news or a bad news omen. Bad news if you love football, knowing that we're in the final month. Good news that the college football playoffs are right around the corner, and we're into the NFL stretch drive of the season. And with that, Victor, I want to say one more thing. Congratulations to you on your great week you had last week in the playbook totals tip sheet and your late phone football service and our preferred picks service as well. Right back at you. Our 10-star, 5-star weekend. We nailed both of those plays and fairly easily as well. They were both overs. We're thankful for a fantastic weekend. We've got a great conference championship weekend coming up this week that we are licking our chops about. And uh, when I say right back at you, a great weekend for your service too, Mark. Six and one, I believe, overall. Redskins on Thursday on Turkey Day. University of Memphis, an outright winner against Houston on Friday. Saturday, the big five-star winner on Michigan and a four-star best bet on Vanderbilt. The Commodores with that outright win in the SEC Conference. Kansas City Chiefs on Sunday night in an extremely exciting game that was Actually, pretty boring through three quarters, but not the fourth quarter and not <laughs> overtime. And uh, capping it off with a Monday night outright winner on the Green Bay Packers. So uh, a great uh, uh, comeback. And uh, both of our weekends, to me, we can easily use as a great springboard or a confidence builder as we head into the month of December. Yeah, really looking forward to the month of December, Victor. As you say here, a lot of good football on tap here. The college football bowl game pairings, we'll have those in about 10 days or so. That'll all be predetermined by what happens in this week's final week of college football as we lead into the college football playoff rankings. And those playoff rankings came out once again this week on Tuesday. Not a lot of surprise. Again, hasn't been a lot of surprise most of the football season here, but... As we talk up and down about the college football playoff rankings, uh, just a quick recap here, as I always do on the show here. A recap found six SEC teams in the playoff rankings this week, five from the Pac-12, four from the Big Ten, the ACC, and two from the Big 12. Uh, Your take, Victor, with a lot of two lost teams that are knocking on the door here. And there's a possibility that we could see a two-loss team barge into the playoffs here, just depending upon what happens this final week of college football. But that being the case, there are so many good two-loss football teams out there. The question I want to ask you is, is it time for an eight-team college football playoff? You know, we were talking before the show that this would be an interesting topic because there's going to be some talk out there. The scuttlebutt over the next five or six weeks could very well be, hey, it's time to expand from four to eight. And if you ask me, this would have been the perfect year to expand to eight teams with a two-loss team or two in that field and maybe even a three-loss team in that field as well. Uh, So what I did was uh, I did my pairings for an eight-team tournament. 
we got to make a couple of assumptions before we get into those pairings. Let's assume the Chalk wins out this weekend, meaning the favorites win in their games. Let's also assume that this is a true Big 12 Conference Championship game this week, a game that we'll be talking about in our segment a little bit later in the show. And, of course, the Big 12 wholesale changes are coming to the conference. Perhaps the biggest one will be that there will indeed be a title game again starting next season in the Big 12 Conference. So let's make those assumptions, and then let's perhaps throw out our fields, and we'll see where we potentially agree and maybe where we disagree. One thing I do want to emphasize is that I still think conference championship winners should receive the top uh, seeds in an eight-team field. I know when the 14 playoff was created a, four, a few years ago, there was added weight for conference championship game winners. And under our current format, a four-team field, you might very well have a conference championship that does not make the four. I don't think that's right. So in my rankings, in our eight-team playoff, I would award the highest seeds to the five conference championship winners in the big five conferences. For me, that would make Alabama the number one seed, Clemson the number two seed, Washington Huskies the number three seed, Wisconsin the number four seed as they're a slight favorite over Penn State this week, and then finally Oklahoma as the number five seed. So now that gives us five teams in our eight-team field, and there could be some uh, great talk about which three at-large teams deserve a bid in an eight-team playoff. And for me, the answers are fairly obvious, particularly with the first two teams. We've got to throw Ohio State in there as an at-large team. After all, they're ranked number two in the college football playoff rankings. We've got to throw Michigan in there, too, with the great year that they have had as well with a 10-2 and record. For me, the only potential dilemma would be who would be that last team? Who would be that number eight team in this type of playoff? You can make a case for... Perhaps one or two of the conference championship game losers. You can make a case for a Forest State team with a 9-3 record. But for me, the best team to fill out this eight-team field would be a team that's playing their best football right here and right now, and that would be the USC Trojans. After stumbling in the first month of the season, hats off to Clay Helton, the guys down there in Southern California. And what they've done, a big win, of course, over at Notre Dame this last week. So, for me, USC would be the perfect team to fill out this eight-team field. And then, finally, my uh, pairings for the first round of this tournament. Number one, Alabama against USC. A rematch of a game played earlier this season with a revenge angle. I would love it. Another game would be number two, Clemson, taking on number seven, Michigan. Another one of these games would be number three, Washington, taking on Wisconsin in a battle of what we think are going to be the conference championship. And finally, Ohio State taking on Oklahoma, another rematch from a game played earlier this season. Another potential game with a revenge angle in it. So there you have it. That's my eight-team field. Mark, what do you think? Well, I couldn't disagree at all with any of the eight teams that you have inside your top eight rankings, Victor, here. They're all deserved, they're all logical, and they're all justified. The only twist that I want to throw into the picture is a Las Vegas twist, if I may. Number one, we're about Las Vegas, we're about the point spreads, we're about power rankings, and I think that uh, arguably there may be no better discernible 
force out there than the odds makers to decide who the exactly the eight best teams in college football would happen to be this year. So if we did a little different slant on it, and I know that it'll never happen out in the NCAA's eyes, but if we did it here ourselves for our show this week and looked at the top teams that rank in power ratings in Las Vegas, what would we have? We would most likely have the number one seed power rated team being Alabama, number two, the Ohio State Buckeyes, Number three would be Clemson. Number four would probably be Oklahoma at this stage of the football season here. I would say number five, the Washington Huskies. Number six, the Michigan Wolverines, and that could be a flip-flop there. Uh, Number seven, Southern Cal, the team that you mentioned that no one would really want to play right now. And number eight would also be a team no one would want to play right now, and that could be Florida State a football team that's been disappointing but was projected to be perhaps arguably in the championship game this year. So if you looked at these top eight rankings, and we're we're discarding, obviously, either Penn State, Wisconsin, the winner of that football game, but purely from a a power rating aspect, we would then have this matchup. We would have number one Alabama against number eight Florida State, and that's a game Nick Saban would not want to have to play. (laughs) (laughs) you'd have number two Ohio State taking on number seven Southern Cal that's a game Urban Meyer would not want to have to play (laughs) (laughs) you'd have number three Clemson taking on Michigan I don't think Dabo Swinney would want that football game either and you would have number four Oklahoma taking on Washington and that could be big Bob Stoops' downfall once again as he finds his way to choke out another football game so (laughs) we'd have at least an interesting pairing from a Las Vegas aspect if we did go to eight teams and uh you know that might make for a nice article and maybe we'll touch on that on the playbook website between now and when the football bowl games begin but uh, that would sure be a lot of fun it would also open up i think a lot of conjecture and put a lot more people into what's happening in the world of college football we got our four teams for the playoffs and i agree with you victor let's make it eight let's do it right and make it eight teams and we'd have a whole lot to talk about when it comes to college football and the college football playoffs and the rankings that they're doing you're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. Victor, onto the National Football League side of things real quick here before we begin to tear down our college and pro football games of the weekend. One thing that I like to do at this time of the year is to take a look at if the playoffs started this week. And if the playoffs were to start this week, what would the playoff picture look like? And uh, the first thing I'll throw out there is, um, surprisingly, if the playoffs began this week, the Denver Broncos would be out, the Pittsburgh Steelers would be out. The Green Bay Packers would be out, and so too would the slipping Minnesota Vikings be out. Uh, it's intriguing to say the least about what these mean here for wild card teams. A little bit more surprising, I think, from that same aspect is the fact of who would be in. And you're taking a look at teams like the Detroit Lions being a wild card team right now. Uh, the Houston Texans, perhaps not so deservedly so, being a right. wild card team. The Baltimore Ravens being a wild card team. I think it's intriguing to find all this. You have New England and uh, the Oakland Raiders, the top two teams of the AFC, Dallas and Seattle out of the NFC. I think we would agree on those four football teams. The other ones would be kind of wide open here, and there's still a lot to be determined, obviously down the stretch in the National Football League side of things. But I like to enter this into my thinking when I'm handicapping games in the month of December because it's a lot of added incentive for football teams, and you can look at their schedule down the road to sign out who's got what coming up here. The Miami Dolphins really have a soft schedule to go out against their opponents. They have a really weak schedule, if you will, as far as opponents go. Uh, after this Baltimore Ravens game. So things look fortuitous for Miami from that aspect, if they can come back 
in this game for Baltimore alive. But your take, Victor, on the National Football League playoff scene as we're heading into the month of December. Right. You know, the surprising teams that would be out is uh, the fact that both teams who competed in last year's Super Bowl would be out right now. Carolina, who went, of course, 17-2, and including the playoffs last year. And Denver, your champion, who went 15-4 and overall, including playoffs. But also, Cincinnati is a team that's been in the playoffs, what, for six straight seasons? Yes. Uh, they went 12-5 and last year, including their playoff game. And how about Arizona, a, a team that many picked to be in the Super Bowl this year? They were 14-4 and last year, including their playoff games. Two surprising teams that would not be in right now. But what about the teams that would be in, like you mentioned, gaining first-round buys in the AFC would be the Patriots and the Raiders, both tied with the top record in the league at nine and two and gaining your first round buys in the NFC would be the Dallas Cowboys at 10 and one and the Seattle Seahawks at seven, three and one. So that leaves us in the AFC wild cards with a matchup of Kansas city chiefs at Houston Texans. You mentioned that, uh, Houston probably not deserving of a playoff spot, particularly the way they're playing right now, but Hey, we got to give it to somebody in that division right now. It would be the Houston Texans, but I would certainly make right now Kansas City a three to four point road favorite in that particular game. And a game that we're going to be talking about later in the show is a potential playoff uh, preview. The Miami Dolphins right now would play the Baltimore Ravens in the AFC wildcard playoffs if the season ended right now. Miami at Baltimore and We'd probably make Baltimore a three to three and a half point favorite like they are in this week's game. The potential NFC wildcard matchups right now would feature the New York Giants at the Atlanta Falcons. Uh, an exciting game there. We would probably throw Atlanta in as about a field goal favorite in that game. And the same with the Washington Redskins at the Detroit Lions. Detroit would probably be a smaller favorite. I might make them two and a half to three over Washington. But if the playoffs started today, there you go. Your first round buys and your potential wild card matchups. Interesting to see what happens in the National Football League as we wind down throughout the month of December. The one thing we do know for sure, the Cleveland Browns and the San Francisco 49ers are eliminated. <laughs> they have no chance whatsoever to make the playoffs. They are mathematically eliminated. So I guess fans in the dog pound back in Cleveland can uh, look forward to the 2017 football season because it hasn't been much of a season this year as they like to go possibly winless on the season this year. They'll shed tears for a lot of fans back home in Cleveland for Victor and I. And before we go to the break here, Victor, one more quick note here. Uh, Steve Crabber, our good friend, the Texas Tornado, he nominates his most embarrassed football team each week and nominated the Denver Broncos. And I couldn't disagree with that, uh, the fact that we mentioned here that Denver is now Outside on the, looking in from the National Football League playoffs at 7-4 and four this football season here, they would be a most embarrassed football team. Would I play on them this week? That's arguable because they're a big, solid road favorite this particular week. Probably not, but we'll keep an eye on them to see what happens as they dress up as the most embarrassed team in the National Football League this week. Don't you go away when Victor and I come back. We're going to tear down our college football game of the week. It's Bedlam in Oklahoma. We'll tear that game apart along with our NFL Game of the Week and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. 
Attention all serious football fans. If you follow the best football newsletters in the nation, now you can get them all at the all-new Playbook Newsletter Superstore. One visit allows you to download the best publications in the nation, including The Gold Sheet, Victor King's NFL Totals Tip Sheet, PointWise, Sports Reporter, The Playbook, Power Sweep, The Logical Approach, The Green Sheet, and The Gridiron Gold Sheet. Check it out now at PlaybookSuperstore.com or download your weekly newsletters on the all-new Playbook Cube. That's every major football newsletter on the market today. Now available at PlaybookSuperstore.com. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game. Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code FREEFIREFAN. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself, form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at FireFan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code FREEFIREFAN. That code again is FREEFIREFAN. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code FREEFIREFAN now at FIREFAN.com. Hey, welcome back, everybody. Mark Lawrence along with Victor King. We're going against the spread on this week's college and pro football card. And it's time once again for our college football game of the week. And it's, like I mentioned before, it's Bedlam in Oklahoma, where the Sooners play host to the Oklahoma State Cowboys for the bragging rights, the title in the Big 12 Conference this year. Victor, your take on the Battle of Bedlam between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State. You know, if one word best describes this series, that is definitely it. Before I get into it, Mark, I do want to thank all folks who joined us with our college football over-unders last weekend. It started on Friday in the ACC conference with a nice underwinner in the North Carolina-North Carolina State game. And it continued on Sunday. Our 10-star college football game of the year was on over 59 points in the USC-Notre Dame game. And I don't know about you, but the, the people who wagered on it, like myself, we were biting our nails throughout the entire first half of the game. As much of that first half, was played in a driving rain. And I know what they say, it never rains in California, but it sure was <laughs> raining in the first half of that game. So she didn't do us any favors, Mother Nature, but we got an assist from the other female in that game. That would be Lady Luck. She delivered the trifecta to us in terms of freak plays. A punt return for a TD, an interception return for a TD, and a kickoff return for a TD. The final score, 45-27. It did go over by double digits, and we got our happy ending in that game. But a good handicapper, Mark, is only as good as his next play, not a game that was played four days ago. So that's why we talk about the upcoming games this weekend. And Oklahoma, Oklahoma State kicking off at 12.30 Eastern time. As we mentioned at the top of the show, there are big-time changes coming to the Big 12 Conference with a championship game starting Next season, and I know Oklahoma was good enough to make the playoff last year without it, but even they recognize the importance of that 13th game. While they're potentially a top four team, and you mentioned it based on the eye test, their early losses this season to Ohio State and Houston have kind of put them behind the eight ball in terms of getting back to the 
four-team playoff. Nevertheless, a, a win over the Cowboys would be significant for a number of reasons for Oklahoma. It would give them their second straight conference title, and they would also be the first team to finish the Big 12 season with a perfect conference record. Not to mention, it would also, of course, reassert their dominance over the Cowboys, uh, the most recent one being that 58-23 to pounding last season, a game that, uh, for over-under players, went over by 18 points. So let's look at the over-under line. Open at 75.5. It's gone up about a full field goal, 78 the last time I looked this morning as we record the show, of course, on Wednesday mornings. Oklahoma, a double-digit favorite, uh, around 11 points. And again, the over-under line, 78. The last four meetings have been relatively high-scoring. Three overs, zero unders, one tie in this series. This is the highest over-under line ever in the series at the current number of 78. In those last four meetings, the average line, 62.1. Average score is 77.5. That's perhaps even more significant because that means the average game over the last four seasons, has gone over the total by 15.5 points. On the year, we've got Oklahoma coming in at 6-5 and five over under. Oklahoma State, 7-4 and four over under. For the Sooners, they're on a little bit of an under run. You know, the last time we used an Oklahoma over was in that big game against Texas Tech about five weeks ago, in which 125 points were scored between the two teams since that game. The Sooners have gone one and three over under in their last four. Meanwhile, Oklahoma State comes in seven and four over under on the season. They're five and two to the over in their last seven. They are trending over their scoring points, and they're, of course, allowing their fair share of points. In fact, both teams are. We've got the number 89 overall defense for Oklahoma State against the number 91 uh, uh, defense oh. in Oklahoma. So. Of course, we're in a conference where a lot of defense or good defense is not played if you're not West Virginia, and that's certainly been the case for both of these teams. But when it comes to offense, you know what you're getting here. Oklahoma, number three in offense, 552 yards per game. Number two in scoring offense at 45.3 points per game. The Cowboys, number 15 overall at 501 yards per game. Number 14 in scoring offense at 40.4 points per game. I know the number is high. They set the bar high in these uh, NCAA Big 12 games. They certainly did in that earlier game this season when Oklahoma played Texas Tech, a game in which 125 points were scored. Of course, both teams have been involved in multiple high-scoring games this season, and we're still going to take a play uh, on the over in this game. I wouldn't make it a four- or five-star best bet, but worthy of a play anyway. Of course, no, neither team is a stranger to a shootout, Mark. Oklahoma had 85 total points in the game against Texas, 125, as I mentioned, against Texas Tech, 84 even versus a good West Virginia defense just two short weeks ago. OSU, 83 points total in their game against Pitt earlier this season, 80 versus Texas, 80 versus Kansas State, 89 versus Texas Tech as well. So, again, no strangers to shoot out here. Low winds, potentially light rain in Stillwater this week. Excuse me, in Oklahoma this week for the game. I still think at the number of 77.5, it is worthy of a play according to the odds. Oklahoma, 44.5. Oklahoma State, 33.5. 
I see the game a little bit closer and somewhere around a 45 to 38 final, maybe a 45 to 40 final score. So we're still going to take a little bit of a play, call it a two-star on over in Bedlam. Victor looks for a high-scoring, well-lit scoreboard in the Bedlam series between Oklahoma and Oklahoma State on Saturday. And as Victor mentions here, this will be for the Big 12 championship. These are two football teams that almost mirror one another statistically. When you take a look at their stats here, Oklahoma brings a third-ranked offense in college football, averaging 554 yards a game. That weak defense, 443 yards a contest. Also the same Oklahoma State, 443 yards a game. They give up their offense, 503 yards a game. That ranks number 16. So from a stat perspective here, these two football teams pretty much, like I say, mirror one another. Uh, with As Victor says, no championship game to be found in the Big 12 Conference this year. This will be the winner wins the Big 12 title this football season here. Big-time revenge for Oklahoma State when they were beat 58-23 to at home last year. That was the worst home loss that Mike Gundy has suffered as a head coach with the Oklahoma State Cowboys. So you know this game is circled on his calendar. You take a look at what Gundy's done with Oklahoma State, other than resurrecting this program. He's done a terrific job. They're 6-1 and one to the spread as double-digit dogs when they're taking on an opponent that's off a straight-up end point spread win, like they'll be in this Saturday. A perfect 4-0 to the spread in that same row when Oklahoma State is seeking revenge in the football contest. You look at the Oklahoma side of this football game here. Uh, these two quarterbacks also pretty good numbers for the year, if you will. Baker Mayfield from Oklahoma, 35 touchdown passes, only eight picks in the year. His counterpart, Mason Rudolph from Oklahoma State, 25 touchdown passes, four interceptions this year. Rudolph averaging 326 passing yards a game. So we have two really, really competent, solid quarterbacks behind center in this football contest here. The home team in the series has lost the money four years in a row. Bob Stoops has struggled in this particular role as a favorite of six or more points uh, when going into revenge against a good quality football team, 666 or better. Stoops is just 6-11 and 11 to the spread, struggling against quality opposition, looking to avenge a loss. For my final take on the game, I'll play the points with Oklahoma State coming directly from the playbook football newsletters. Incredible stat of the week this week. And that stat is simply this. Oklahoma State 11-0 to the spread when taking double digits when they're playing with revenge in this series against Oklahoma when the Sooners are off back-to-back wins. That's the case in this role in this football game today. I'll take the double digits with Oklahoma State and the Cowboys for my side in the big Bedlam football showdown game Saturday being played in Norman, Oklahoma. Don't go away. When Victor and I come back, we're going to tear down our National Football League Game of the Week, a dandy inside the AFC Conference between two potential AFC playoff teams when the Baltimore Ravens take on the Miami Dolphins. We'll have that and a whole lot more to come here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. Think you know sports? Let's find out how many times do you predict the next play during a game? Now you can prove it to your friends and earn prizes in the process with the exciting new interactive sports app, FireFan. Get in the game now with a free download at FireFan.com. Use the promo code PlaybookKing. It's fun, it's social, it's competitive, it's interactive, it's free, and it's going to change the way you approach game day at FireFan.com. Play by yourself. 
form a league, do live chats, and get in the game today at firefan.com. Get a free download now by entering the code Playbook King. That code again is Playbook King. And join the army of fans that have found a better way to play. Ignite your passion for sports today. Enter the promo code Playbook King. Now at firefan.com. Hey, sports fans, football season is here, and it's time to get in on the action. MyBookie.ag is an industry-leading website that offers odds and action on your favorite games. Take advantage of the MyBookie specials before they're gone. Call toll-free at 1-844-900-2387 or visit us online at mybookie.ag to open an account. Pull out your smartphone to sign up with our user-friendly mobile site for on-the-go action. What are you waiting for? Come join mybookie.ag today. Call toll-free at 844-900-2387 or go online to mybookie.ag to open an account and start winning today. Only the biggest, only the best, only at mybookie.ag. Sign up today. All right, guys, let's get to it. This is Mark Lawrence along with Victor King as we go against the spread. On this week's College and Pro Football card, it's time to shift over to the National Football League side of things for our NFL Game of the Week. When the Baltimore Ravens play host to the Miami Dolphins in a key AFC clash, a battle of two potential playoff teams, as I mentioned here. Victor, your take on the Dolphins and the Ravens on Sunday. Right. The irony is that we touched on it at the top of the show that if the season ended, this would be a playoff matchup. Baltimore, a, what, three to three and a half point home favorite over underline open 41 and a half. It's come down a full point to 40 and a half. And of course, Baltimore has won. They've covered in three of their last four games. And it's no surprise that each of those last four games have stayed under the total. The Ravens, three, seven, and one over under on the season. Average points in Baltimore games, only 38.1. Even better at home. One and five over under in their home games this season. And in fact, their average of 32.0 combined points per game is the lowest for any NFL home team Mm. this season. Only 32.0. They're relying on their defense. Uh, The one and five record is the second best under team. Only the Philadelphia Eagles are the only team in the league who have gone under the total in all five of their home games this season. So Baltimore definitely trending under with a tough offense, but a very, very good defense. We know why the over-under line is so low. Uh, For one reason, neither team is great offensively. Baltimore ranked number 24, Miami number 25. But again, the Ravens with that great defense, number one run defense as well for Baltimore. And that's going to be difficult for Miami to overcome because that's kind of their power on offense. 116 rushing yards per game, number six rushing team in the NFL. And that plays right into the Baltimore strength. Of course, Miami's got their longest winning streak since 2005. And we know it's bound to come to an end eventually. But until then, we're having fun down here in South Florida. Uh, It wouldn't surprise anybody if they stumble this weekend but they still should compete in this game. Of course, you know, the Ravens are not the best division leader you'll find. They're only 6-5, and five, but they are 4-2 and two at home. They've got the league's best defense, 
and they're a much tougher opponent than when the Dolphins have faced as of late. Remember that uh, five of Miami's last seven games were at home, and not only that, but the Dolphins have won six in a row, yes. But the teams they've beaten during that streak have a combined record of 25 and 41 on the season. Surprisingly, the Dolphins are a good over team on the year at 7-4 and four over under. But that's 4-1 and one at home. Excuse me, 5-1 and one over under at home this season. On the road, their usual under tendencies have been pretty strong. Dolphin road games have averaged a combined 37.0 points per game. They've gone 2-3 and three over under. On the road, I think this game has the makings of another one, another one of those teasers that we've mentioned in each of the last two shows in which we look to play the underdog and the undermark. So we're going to jump in there. We're going to take the Dolphins up from 3.5 up to 9.5 in a two-team six-point teaser. And we're going to take that over-under line from 40.5 up to 46.5. And, and that's a key jump because that means we capture – if the game finishes on the key number of 41 or 44 or 45, all key numbers when it comes to NFL totals. Again, I'm leaning dog in the game, leaning under, but I think the best play of it all would be a two-team teaser on the underdog Dolphins and under the total. Victor King going to tease the heck out of this football game. He's going to play the dog and the under for his side in the football contest here, the Miami Dolphins and the under total in the football game. The Miami Dolphins come in here, one of the hottest teams in the National Football League on a six-game win streak. And a lot of that can be attributed to the fact that they've only turned the ball over two times in those six football games. They're really doing a great job protecting the ball. And that starts with the offensive line, which is keeping quarterback Ryan Tannehill upright these days. He was the most sacked quarterback in the National Football League each of the last two years. Not the case this year, this offensive line, although it's a little bit banged up as we speak here right now. Two or three starters missed last week. They may miss again this week, but the backups are stepping up and all in all doing a great job protecting Ryan Tannehill and not turning the football over for the Miami Dolphins here. They come in here five and one to the spread the last six games they played in Baltimore. And normally we would be knocking the Miami Dolphins playing on the road in December at this time of the year. But I looked at my database and checked all that out. And what we found out here by normally playing against Miami on the road in December, I can understand why we were doing it because when they were favored in December, there's a seven and 14 to the spread away, 12 and 22 to the spread in division games in the month of December away from home are the Miami Dolphins. But if you take a look at how they performed here of late since 2004, Miami on the road in the month of December, how about 10 and 12 straight up? Not bad. And 14 and 8 to the spread, including 9 and 3 to the spread when they're off a win and 7 and 2 in non division games. So, that month of December on the road, if you will, for Miami, that bugaboo has really been news of the past because they've really outperformed play of late here and have been playing pretty good away from home. And they really, we're not talking about these cold, chilly temperatures that the fish are used to freezing in in December here. That won't be the case when they go to Baltimore this weekend. The Baltimore Ravens got out to a great 3-0 start this football season, but they're just 2-5 and straight up their last seven football games. They're struggling, and you can see it in the stats. You take a look at the Midweek Alert newsletter, you'll find that the last six games Baltimore's played, they've been out-yarded five 
of those six football contests there. Joe Flacco himself has struggled in the month of December as a starting quarterback. He's just 3-13 and 13 to the spread. His last 16 starts in the month of December, 0-8 when he's been favored his last eight times in the month of December. For the clincher here, I'm going to play the Miami Dolphins plus the points in this game, and this comes from the clincher in the write-up in the Playbook Football Newsletter this week. And what we do is we talked about teams that are on a six-game exact win streak in the NFL. When they take that six-game exact win streak into game 12 of the football season, they're 9-2 and to the spread when they come off a win of 21 or less points, including a perfect 7-0 to the spread if that win was a score of less than 35 points on the scoreboard. I'll play the Miami Dolphins plus the points against Baltimore in a potential playoff preview on Sunday for my side in the football game. You're tuned in to Mark Lawrence against the spread, the nation's most popular sports handicapping talk show. And it's time once again for one of our favorite segments on the show. We're going to hop out to Las Vegas and check the Vegas vibe with our good friend Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Vegas. Andy, how's everything going for you this holiday hectic week in football it's been a a very enjoyable thanksgiving day holiday weekend heading into this coming week but of course uh, the temperature's dipping here in las vegas on uncharacteristically low 32 degrees at 7 a.m this morning so uh, (laughs) winter is arriving a little bit early we've been spoiled throughout uh, much of october and november uh, but that just allows us uh, more of an excuse to stay indoors and watch some football Boy, Andy, I get shivers when I hear that. 32 degrees in Vegas is pretty cold in the desert uh, this time of the year. I remember when I went out to Las Vegas, I was in the uh, in the contest. Uh, I remember which sports book contest it was. It was a handicapping contest, and they, they put me up at a hotel, and I come out there in December, and they put me up in the hotel to, uh, to do the contest, and uh, it was right next to uh, the outdoor world. And uh, all I know is there was – it was freezing in the room. There was there was uh, headshots of moose and deer and elk on the on the uh, on the walls, and I think they had ice coming out uh, <laughs> of their tentacles. It was that cold in Las Vegas. I remember this time of the year in December. So I can relate to what you're saying here. Thirty two degrees, and it's probably not going to get a whole lot warmer here. But nonetheless, it's not snowing in Las Vegas, and I guess that's the key thing. Yeah, it's unusually uh, cold for this time of year. It'll warm up a little bit, actually, as we get closer towards the uh, holidays, the rodeo coming to town, etc. But uh, uh, the football heating up, we're into uh, almost a stretch run. Uh, all the professional uh, uh, coaches and staff say the real football season, or the real part of the regular season begins once the calendar turns to December. And that'll be the case with the Thursday night game between Dallas and Minnesota. And so the stretch run of the NFL season is, uh, is, uh, is upon us. Andy, I guess it's also what you would say the stretch run of the Superbook contest here. We're into the month of December. We've only got these five weeks to go in the National Football League season here. And uh, right now, when we talked last week, the consensus has been really rather rocky this year. Last week, 18-35-2 and two overall. How did the consensus fare last week in the Superbook contest? Well, with, despite all the cold I just mentioned, the consensus was finally hot. In fact, there was some talk of canceling schools uh, this past Monday, but it may have gone no further than perhaps canceling classes for blackjack and crap stealer schools. The consensus was a perfect 5-0 and last week, bringing the record to the season up to 23-35-2. Interesting results last week in the, con- in the overall contest because of the, four, of the 16 games that were played, the preferred side was on the favorites in 14 of those games. Games. Those games went 8-5-1. The two games in which the uh, contestants preferred the underdogs, 
Those were 2-0, and oh, including, uh, in fact, both of these were consensus plays. The Redskins on Thursday, they covered with uh, without winning their game against Dallas. And then Sunday night, Kansas City, plus 3.5, got the outright win against Denver. The other three consensus winners on the week were favored teams. Titans laying only 4.5 in the contest in their win at Chicago. That line actually closed on the betting boards with Tennessee a point spread loser laying six and a half in their 27 to 21 win. The Baltimore Ravens, a four point favorite over the Bengals. They were a winner as that the uh, last minute uh, clever safety by Baltimore did not impact the point spread. And the Atlanta Falcons laying four points at home against the Arizona Cardinals and their 19 point win was the fifth consensus winner for the week. As far as the overall standings for the contest goes, uh, the last few years we've seen winners hitting in the mid to upper 70% at the end of the season. But right now, the leader in the contest, a shade under 70%. He's at excuse me, 40, 18, and 2. That's a total of 41 out of a possible 60 points. That's a 69.2 percentage uh, of success. And that includes a 5-0 last week in which that contestant overtook the lead. The contest pays the top 50 finishers and ties, and right now to be in the money, there are 20 contestants tied for the final five uh, paying spaces, so uh, positions 46 through 65, the last spots that will share in the uh, prize fund if it were decided today, 36.5 points, that's five points behind the leaders, and percentage-wise, that works out to slightly under 61%, and that's uh, hearkening back to the days when the contest uh, uh, involved less than 1,000 participants, where normally if you could hit 60%, you would be at the bottom part of the uh, pay scale. Of course, back then, they only paid 20 and then occasionally 30 spots, uh, but still, 60% right now would get you just a shade out of cashing position with five weeks, 25 selections remaining. All in all, it sounds like things might be heating up just a tad in the contest here, and they almost had to after the rocky start that it had uh, coming into last week, the 5-0 and in the consensus. That was really, really good news that way. And uh, Andy, speaking about the contest, you mentioned there were some lines that uh, maybe uh, games that won in the contest but lost on the street or on game day because of some big line swings. Are there any line swings that we should make note of this week from the send-out from last week to this? Oh, absolutely. And by the way, one more aspect, and we've talked about this several times over the course of the season as to why uh, the contestants overall had a good week last week. For the first time this season, we had a significant number of games in which the point spread uh, came into play. In fact, this past weekend, the holiday weekend of 16 games, five games saw favorites win but failed to cover, and a sixth game, go. which closed basically at seven, Miami against San Francisco ended up in a point spread push. So uh, that's a little bit more like past form that we've seen in the NFL over the years. The first uh, 11 weeks of the season have been extremely unusual in that regard. As far as point spread moves for the coming week, week 13, of course, there are 15 games as we get the final two buys of the season. Cleveland and Tennessee have each played uh, their, uh, their 12th game this past week, so they're getting their first buy, uh, their only buy of the season, the final teams to get the buys. And so we've got 15 games, and we've seen some uh, significant moves in several of them. The Green Bay Packers hosting the Houston Texans. The uh, send-out line last week was three-and-a-half favoring Green Bay. Now, uh, Green Bay, of course, played Monday night. Houston lost at home on Sunday to the San Diego Chargers. When that line came up Sunday afternoon, 
Green Bay still opened a three-and-a-half point favorite, but they were quickly bet up to four-and-a-half. Now, when they played Monday night at Philadelphia, the game came off the boards. When it came back up on Tuesday morning, Green Bay had jumped up to a five-and-a-half point opening favorite. That since has been bet up to six-and-a-half. So the results of last week from three-and-a-half, currently six-and-a-half on the Green Bay Packers. Speaking of Philadelphia, they are at Cincinnati. Last week, the uh, betting line had Cincinnati a one-point favorite. Of course, that had already factored in all the injuries that occurred to Cincinnati in the in their previous game in Week 11. Uh, the line on Sunday night came out after Cincinnati had lost at Baltimore or Philadelphia, a one-point road favorite. And again, this is before their game with Green Bay, so the Eagles were bid up to a two-and-a-half-point road favorite at Cincinnati. Uh, when the uh, Eagles lost at home to Green Bay 27-13, to the line went back up on the boards Tuesday morning and Philadelphia back down to a one-and-a-half-point road favorite, since been bet down to just one. So a little bit support, not so much on Cincinnati, I think, as much as it is against Philadelphia. The New Orleans Saints were three-and-a-half-point home favorites against Detroit a week ago after the results of their games this past weekend. Detroit, of course, playing on Thanksgiving Day and New Orleans playing on Sunday with their route of the Rams. The Saints opened up as five-point home favorites. They've been bet up to six-point home favorites. One of the more interesting moves of the week involves the San Francisco 49ers at the Chicago Bears. A week ago, the Bears were four-point home favorites against the San Francisco 49ers, and that, of course, was already with the news of Jay Cutler being out for the Bears. After the results of Sunday, the Chicago Bears opened as three-point home favorites. However, a steady stream of money come, has come in on the San Francisco 49ers. So as we are recording this show on Wednesday, this game is now a pick'em couple of other games just worth mentioning. San Diego is hosting Tampa Bay. Chargers five and a half points favorites last week. That's where they opened on Sunday, but the money has come in on Tampa Bay such that San Diego presently a four-point home favorite. And the one-line move that really involved a key number, Washington at Arizona. Washington, a respectable effort last week in their Thanksgiving Day game at Dallas. Arizona, a very bad effort in their Sunday game, losing by 19 at Atlanta. Last week, the Cardinals were three-and-a-half-point home favorites over Washington. When that line came up on Sunday afternoon, the Arizona Cardinals Below three, a two-and-a-half-point uh, home favorite over Washington, and that's where that line has stayed throughout the first three, four days of betting action. A good recap from Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com on the line moves that have occurred in Las Vegas in the Superbook contest from last week's send-out to this week's current updated line situation here. And just a quick note, Victor, before I hand it off to you, our listeners out there, I encourage everybody to get a copy of Andy's weekly logical approach football newsletter it's really an informational tool that you're going to really love to have at your side especially throughout the closing month of the football season here in december for the nfl and the college football ball games to do so log on at thelogicalapproach.com or you can pick up a copy of Andy's newsletter in the playbooksuperstore.com website as well and victor and i know once again you've got a question you want to run by andy on the show this week in addition as, as well Right, Mark. I want to get Andy's take on how it uh, resulted for the sports books in the NFL games. And Andy, uh, please correct me if I'm wrong. I would assume that perhaps it was a rough early start to the day on Sunday, but the results of the late afternoon kickoff games and then the night games probably made it an overall winning week for the books. The fact that you had uh, public teams in the Seattle Seahawks not only not covering the point spread, but losing outright. Oakland, I'm assuming, is a 
pretty big public team, particularly out there in Las Vegas these days, winning but not covering against Carolina. Uh, New England winning but not covering against the Jets. And then, of course, anytime you can get the two night games with the underdog not only covering the point spread but winning the game outright, I'm assuming that it was probably pretty profitable based on that late action. Or would we be right in that, Andy? Well, I, I think it still was an overall losing week because of the early action, as you point out, where the books really got clobbered. But the later results did tend to temper those losses somewhat. Uh, the key game you mentioned was the uh, Seattle being upset at uh, Tampa Bay because that uh, destroyed a lot of uh, teasers with Seattle. It destroyed a lot of money line parlays. And, of course, it uh, ended up costing a lot of Seattle backers uh, outright as, as far as the straight plays as well. Then when you add in what New England, did at uh, that same time failing to cover New England had actually gone up to a nine and a half point favorite at the Jets I think we spoke mm. about this game last week where the Jets have always been at least over the last few years very competitive that turned out to be the case so that one uh, stemmed a little bit of the losses that the books had suffered early in the day Sunday night uh, Kansas City has been somewhat of a popular team and I think the wise guys were on Kansas City the public on Denver so that game probably didn't have too much of an impact uh Probably the over uh, mitigated a little bit of the damage as well because yeah. that game was handicapped as an under and was playing as an underpace. So the over may not have had much of an impact as it normally did because, again, the Sharps tended to be on the under in that game. And Monday night was a little bit unusual because of the fact that Green Bay, despite their problems all year, remains a public team. We saw the, some late action on that game drive the line down from it had actually peaked at four and a half during the day after sitting at for much of the week. It actually gone down in some places uh, to three and a half, closing mostly at four. So I think the uh, books didn't do quite as well with Green Bay's upset as normally they would have because they had a lot of money. And a lot of that money on Green Bay was also money line money. So I don't think it was as bad a week as it was the week before. I believe it was a losing week, but it could have been a lot worse if you didn't have Seattle, New England uh, fail to uh, cover their games. Andy Isco from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Andy used one of those teams last week that finally lost a football game but covered the spread. Uh, that was his winning play on our show last week with the New York Jets as his complimentary play. And, Andy, I know off of that call, our listeners would like to know what you've got on tap in the NFL this week as well. Well, this week I'm going to go to the uh, totals. And I'm going to look at one of the interconference games with the New York Giants facing the Pittsburgh Steelers in Pittsburgh. You've got two great quarterbacks, Ben Roethlisberger of the Steelers, Eli Manning of the Giants. And that's being reflected in a total line, which is roughly anywhere from 49 to 50. I'm seeing mostly 49 and a halves out there. And I'm going to look under the total in what mm -hmm. uh, at least is being handicapped right. as a... Um, a shootout. When you look at the results for the season, it'll surprise a lot of people that both of these teams in their 11 games so far have played eight unders and just three overs. And in fact, the NFL average for total points this year is roughly 45 and a half total points per game. Giant games have producing 40.4 points per game. Pittsburgh's games, 44.4 points per game. So both of these teams averaging less than the NFL average, and yet the total for this game is more than a field goal above the league average. So I'm going to look at the numbers. I'm going to look at the fact that both defenses have played better over the latter part of the season. Both offenses continue to struggle to turn yards into points, and I'm going to look for these teams to follow the profile that they've shown throughout the season as being under teams, despite the fact that they have what are perceived to be 
over offense. So I'm going to look under the total between the Giants and Steelers. Andy Isco likes the under total in the New York Giant-Pittsburgh Steelers game, perhaps to be played at playoff intensity as we get down to the final month of the NFL football season between two prospective NFL football playoff teams. Andy, once again, a great job on the show this week. We really enjoy visiting with you and finding out the vibe and what's going on in Las Vegas each and every week. And with that, I'm going to wish you the best of luck this football season here. Grab an extra blanket, stay warm, and we'll look forward to talking with you next week. Thanks, guys. Have a great week, and I'm doing exactly that. I'm going to look for my heaviest jacket <laughs> that I brought from my days back uh, back north many, many years ago. Have a great week, guys. There you go. That was Andy Isco joining us from TheLogicalApproach.com in Las Vegas. Don't go away, guys. When we come back, Victor and I are going to put the final wraps on the show. I'll share with you my awesome angle of the week, my complimentary play in Victor's as well, when we're back with the final segment here on Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. The all-new Playbook Cube is hands down the easiest to use sports information app on the market today. Whether it's lines, scores, streaming alerts, newsletter downloads, injuries, or betting tools, the Playbook Cube has it all. To download your Playbook Cube free of charge, simply visit the Apple App Store, the Google Play Store, or the Amazon Store. Find out for yourself why the Playbook app received a five-star rating. Only on the Playbook Cube will you find sports pages covering every NFL and college football team, college and NFL coaches and NFL starting quarterback spread records, power ratings, football newsletters, and much more. That's the Playbook Cube, C-U-B-E. It's where day trading meets sports gaming. Get your cube today and start winning tonight. There's a storm coming, a firestorm. Get ready to raise your game. Because watching sports will never be the same. Introducing FireFan. It's a game changer. Finally, a sports app that puts you into the game. You predict the scores. You call the plays all in real time. While you watch and compete against celebrities, friends, family, and other diehard sports fans. The more you call it, the more points you can achieve. Be a loyal fan and earn loyalty rewards. Don't miss the hottest sports app of the year. FireFan, ignite your passion. Download your FireFan app today at FireFan.com. Enter player rewards code FREEFIREFAN. That's player rewards code FREEFIREFAN. Play the game. Fan the fire. Earn rewards. And now, the moment you've been waiting for. From the hot South Florida sun, it's Mark Lawrence with his awesome angle of the week. All right, guys, let's get to it. Our awesome angle of the week in college football this week. We call it Not Dead Yet. And what we're looking to do is to play on any college football conference home dog in their last game of the season. If they're off a straight-up favorite loss, they were a bowl team last year, and they defeated today's opponent last season. These college football conference home dogs in their final game of the season who are not dead yet are 12 and four against the spread in this role since 1990. Our 75% winning angle play this week plays us on Georgia Southern plus the points as a home dog this week, Georgia Southern as our awesome angle play on the college football card this Saturday. And with that, I'm going to hand it off to Victor King from King Creole sports to find out his complimentary play on the football card this week. And Victor, if you would also let our listeners know what you've got going on at the Red Hot King Creel Sports this weekend. Got a big one in the NFL, our four-star over of the week. Not quite as strong 
as the five-star last week, and we do want to thank everybody who joined us. Our five-star game of the month was on over 48 points in the Oakland Raiders-Carolina Panthers game, a game in which there were 67 total points scored. And when you bet an over in the NFL game, there's nothing better than cashing it before you even get to the fourth quarter, and that was the case in that game. Uh, we thank all who joined us. We also had a three-star underwinner in the Browns-Giants game, a three-star underwinner in the Jets-Patriots game as well. So the totals on our service swept the board. The totals in the totals tip sheet swept the board. And before we get to our free play this week, I want to make a comment on Andy's play, and I am with him 100% behind this Giants-Steelers game under the total. The over-under line in that game is 49 points. That's an expected shootout. And, Mark, it was the 2015 season in which the Giants were the number one over team in the league. We'd be all over it, pun intended. But he is absolutely right. The Giants spent over $200 million on defense. It's paid off in spades. And Andy's right. These are actually the top two under teams in the league. I couldn't agree with him more in regards to the Giants-Steelers under the total. So for our free play this week, we're going to go to back to man's best friend. Speedy did double duty last week. He brought home that Turkey Day winner on the Lions-Vikings game under the total. And he also brought home his dog of the week on the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. The outright dog win over Seattle, one of the more shocking wins of the season. But Speedy is going to stay down here in the Sunshine State. He's going low in the Denver-Jacksonville game. It opened at 43, and it's come down to 41 and a half. It's already dropped a point and a half. I wouldn't be surprised if it goes all the way down to 40. Of course, uh, Denver off that difficult loss last week. They're looking for a big-time smackdown defensive performance, and they're going to get it this week against the Jacksonville Jaguars. Of course, I mentioned the overrunner line is already working its way down, so you're going to want to get in as soon as possible. One of the best under patterns of this season, and I've talked about it many times in the totals tip sheet, when you have a road team favored in the NFL, you want to always look to play under the total. The higher the road favorite, the better the under percentage comes in. And the last time I looked, Denver was favored by five points in this particular game. But again, one of the best under patterns of this season applies to only one game this week. This one, one and nine over under since week three. NFL road favorites of greater than a field goal, like the Broncos, when the over under line is 52 or less points. And, of course, we're well aware that both teams allowed a lot of points last week. Jacksonville allowed 28 in their loss to Buffalo. Denver allowed 30 in their loss to Kansas City. That's okay because NFL home underdogs have gone a perfect 0-6 over-under in the last two years. When both teams allowed 28 or more points last week and the over-under line is on the low side of 43 or less points. And finally, Mark, at last look, the Jaguars, they're one of the worst teams in the NFL as well. They come in with a record of only 2-9 and nine straight up on the season. That is a winning percentage of only 182, and it, it puts them in the same low-scoring situation that we used last week with the Cleveland Browns. We cashed that one, so we're going to go there again. 2-15 and 15 over under last two years. In the second half of the season in the NFL, home teams with a winning percentage of less than 200, it's gone 2-15 and 15 over under in the last two years. You want to talk defense? 
You got it. This is the only game on the Week 13 schedule in which both teams are ranked in the top six in overall defense on the year. Denver, number four. Jacksonville, surprising, number six. We're going low, Denver. Jacksonville, if you want to go high, we've got our four-star over of the week, and we'll have it posted on the website on Friday. Victor King, King Creole Sports, likes the under in the Denver-Jacksonville game for his complimentary call on the football card this week. And be sure to hook up with him this week at playbook.com for all of his King Creole selection plays. You'll be glad you did. Before I get to my complimentary play, just a quick note once again that our friends at mybookie.ag are offering up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus. You heard me right, up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus. Log on today at mybookie.ag or call them toll-free to take advantage of this special offer at 1-844-866-BETS. That's toll-free, 1-844-866-2387 to sign up for your up to a $3,000 sign-up bonus at mybookie.ag. And just a quick note here that with the College Football Conference Championship games now at hand, I'll be releasing my College Football Conference Championship Play of the Year this Saturday. We've been dynamite on these plays the last three years. We've had 3-0 and on those plays. All underdogs, two of them win the games in straight-up fashion. You can get it part of another $99 football weekend of winners. We went 6-1 and on our football weekend of winners last weekend. Simply log on at playbook.com or call me toll-free to get on board today for the College Football Conference Championship Play of the Year, part of our $99 Football Weekend of Winners at 1-800-321-7777. My complimentary play on the football card this week comes directly from the Playbook Football Newsletter this week. It's In fact, it's our College Football Upset Game of the Week. It's Kansas State when they take on TCU this particular weekend. And as we outlined in the newsletter, there's no coach that lights it up better in his favorite role, that of an underdog, than Bill Snyder from Kansas State. When he's taking points in conference games, when he's off a point spread loss, he's 26-9 and against the spread in this particular role. He's also 8-2 to the spread, away from home and playing with conference revenge. You couple that with TCU, just 1-7 to the spread after taking on Texas the previous game, and just 2-8 and to the spread as a small favorite against quality teams. When I say that, I mean TCU favored by 6 or less points are only 2-8 and to the spread in that particular role. You take a look inside the numbers here. TCU is struggling here of late. They've been outstanding in four of their last seven football games. Our favorites in this contest here. The final wrap is Bill Snyder in season finale games when he takes on an opponent that's off a winning cover. He's a perfect 6-0 and to the spread in those games when Kansas State owns a win percentage of more than 400 on the football season. I'll take the points with Kansas State as my complimentary call on the football card this week. And that's going to put the final wraps on this edition of Mark Lawrence Against the Spread. I want to thank our co-host Victor King from King Creole Sports, our good friend Andy Isco from Las Vegas from TheLogicalApproach.com, and for our good friend Jack Reynolds, who we know is listening from above. Until next week, once again, this is Mark Lawrence reminding you to always remember to bet with your head, not over it, and good luck as always. 